Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to On the Bench. I'm your host for this episode, Brendan Sonoy. Oh my God. Three, two, one. Welcome to On the Bench. I'm your host for this episode, Brendan Sinone. I said my last name correctly this time. Joined by Zach Blostein. I tried to kind of combine our two names, Zach. That's kind of cute, right? No. Let's get on with it. What's your favorite Christmas song? Um, Jingle, Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells? Yeah. Anything with bell in it. <laughs> Let's get into it. Florida State landed a commitment from one of the top transfers on the market in Jaheim Bell a multi-year starter at South Carolina, just a super versatile, toolsy offensive weapon. You can describe him in so many ways, Zach, but uh, but this is huge. This is a big get for FSU. This is a guy they coveted and, and prioritized right away once he entered the transfer portal, and uh, he's he's FSU's. It's a big get for the Knowles. Yeah, it's huge. Um, you know, a, a recruitment that they immediately were in on once he entered the portal last Monday. Um, Florida State seemed like the school that just had the most momentum throughout his the entirety of his recruitment. Uh, Mike Norvell was on the phone with him the night he entered the portal. And, um, you know, the biggest note, I talked to his mother uh, for a full story on those 24-7, just on how he ended up at Florida State. Um, one thing that she noted, which I thought was really cool, that FSU did last week was on Thursday of last week, they sent three different coaches to three different locations um, to see three of Bell's family members. So essentially, Mike Norvell was in South Carolina to see Bell himself. Um, he's still at school over there in Columbia, South Carolina. And then um, Chris Thompson, tight ends coach at FSU, went and saw uh, Bell's mom over in Valdosta, Georgia, where she stays. And then uh, Bell's uncle, who's very influential in, in his uh, recruiting process, um, Ron Dugans went and saw him in Lake City, Florida, which is where Bell actually grew up and was born. So um, really awesome stuff by FSU there. I think that made a huge impact. Um, they they get him on campus for the OV, and and I'm told by the end of Friday he was a null. Um, and I asked kind of what you know what what led him to that decision on Friday, and it was honestly like I noted I noted this in, in a previous report on those twenty four seven, but um, Bell's mom told me her, herself that it was FSU's practice watching you know FSU's. Players go after it in their bowl practice on Friday in Doe Campbell Stadium was something that, that Bell really liked. And, um, you know, after after watching practices, you know, when I was told that that he that he knew uh, FSU was his next stop. Um, so pretty big deal to get him. Um, he's, like Brennan said, an, an absolutely um, 
you know, versatile athlete, a guy that I think Mike Norvell is probably drooling over as far as how he wants to use him in his offense. Um, I think he was a little bit misused at South Carolina. And I think that's part of the reason why um, Bell entered the portal in the first place. Another thing of note that, that his mother said was as soon as they entered the portal, they were literally crossing off teams because of their un, of because of uncertainty of their quarterback position. That's why Florida State mm-hmm. was was a team that that stayed in it. Um, was not a team that got crossed off right away. Like they, uh, you know, I know a big big you know time teams that were cro- you know crossed off the list for him because that was priority number one. That was a, a factor they were absolutely you know sure that they they wanted was was a um, you know surefire guy. Um, throwing the football to Bell next season. And FSU obviously has that with Jordan Travis um, and him announcing that he'll, he'll be back for another year. So that was huge. Um, and, and, you know, we, we told you guys that, that Jordan Travis announcing that on December 5th, um, the same day Bell entered the portal, was going to be huge for transfer portal prospects as they look, especially on the offensive side of the ball, for a, a, a potent offense um, in their next stop. And we, we've seen it work already with, with you know, one commitment um, already in the boat with Jaheim Bell. Do you think Mike Norvell's literally drooling? Yes. Over? Mm, that seems unlikely. So Okay. I just don't think that's what's happening. So Jaheim Bell is rated as the fourth ranked, excuse me, he's ranked as the fourth prospect in the transfer portal currently. Has a 94 grade. Um I mean, this is this is a big time addition for FSU. You know, he was used in a multitude of ways in his time at South Carolina. Uh, kind of, I guess, a flex tight end sometimes, sometimes in line, even wide receiver a little bit. This past year, we saw him play running back a ton because of injuries. And while that I don't think was an ideal usage for him, they may do. Go back and watch the Tennessee game. I wrote about it, but it's worth your time to go watch that entire game, like all the different ways. They were able to use him throughout that contest, running back, uh, split back, wide receiver. Once he draws a penalty downfield, a pass interference, he just explodes off the line of scrimmage, uh, and and I think uh, I think got the the cornerback almost flustered with how fast he he was moving off the line. Fullback dive at one point, like he's lined up in a fullback in like a strong formation. So there will be no shortage of ways in which FSU can use Jaheim Bell. I am extremely intrigued and interested to see what the Seminoles do here uh, from a from a game planning perspective. I don't know if yeah. anyone's actually drooling over it, Zach. I, don't. I, think, I think Norvell is. So what I was told is that <laughs> Norvell told the Bells on, on the visit that um, they're going to use him in a similar way as, as South Carolina did, just in the fact that they're going to use him in a variety of ways. He's not Everywhere. just a traditional tight end. But... I was told that he's not going to be a guy that's running the ball 17 times a game, which I think, you know, South Carolina at times needed um, because maybe their running back depth wasn't great or injuries. Um, so they're running Jaheim Bell a ton. I don't think FSU is going to do that. If they do stuff in the backfield, a lot of be, it'll be a lot of like motion and, and sweeps um, for what uh, his mom told me um, in, in their conversation with Norvell. So yeah, expect him to see, you know, be on the line of scrimmage most of the time. Um, but, you know, there, there's still a lot of variety you can, you can um, accomplish while, you know, having a guy on, on the line of scrimmage. And merchandise gate, right? We have that oh, as well. Yeah. As, that was, that, that was, Merch gate was a part of this recruitment 
too. So yeah, this was fun. It's a fun one to cover in a short period of time. So he was on campus last week. We're going to keep knocking down doors, making calls for guys who are officially visiting uh, this last week. And we had all the coverage at Knowles 24-7. You can check out what happened over the weekend. Uh, Zach talked about it extensively with AB and Trey as well on the last OTB. So that's the recap of like what happened. You've already seen some of that lead to something fruitful with the, with the actual commitment. We'll see if there's more coming down the road, but we're turning our attention, Zach, to stuff that's now happening this weekend. It's another big official visit weekend setting up for FSU. We will do a full comprehensive breakdown with Chris joining us later in the week, probably Thursday. But for now, uh, I, I think we need to at least talk about some of the developments that are happening this week and that are leading to you know guys being confirmed or removed, things like that that are developing uh, this week in recruiting. Uh, yeah. The first name I want to throw out there is Braden Fisk. Defensive tackle from Western Ooh. Michigan, uh, former roommate of whom? YY Rector. Yeah, let's go. Small world, huh? So, uh, Braden Fisk, help me, help me with this, Zach. I'm so flustered on like trying to remember what's happening which day. Are he you was. Drooling? I'm not drooling. No, <laughs> I may be a comatose state though, uh, drooling in by the by the end of the week uh, for sleep deprivation. But Braden Fisk is one someone when he entered the transfer portal, just going through and like looking at film and, and metrics and stats like yes like right away that, that was someone who was like oh that, i would i think you play at the power five level like this is this is a guy who might be able to play on sundays wasn't sure if fsu would pursue lo and behold man they, they're pursuing him they're going after yeah. him adam fuller's made some visits and uh there's some news about him potentially visiting this week yeah um that's your news actually but i'll, but I'll break thank it thank um you. thank you Braden fisk yeah so um if you bring this back a week that was one of adam fuller's first stops on the recruiting trail once the contact period opened up i believe it was on saturday of, of two weeks ago i guess now um well fsu or fuller saw him again this week um and you know that i believe it was norvell and fuller or was it just fuller uh this week uh so norvell visited him late last week Okay. If I'm not mistaken. And I believe that's where I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering all this stuff, Zach. I believe yeah. it was just Fuller this week. Okay. Gotcha. Well, yeah. If he, if Norvell saw him last week, then he couldn't can't see him again um, on the on you know an in-home visit. But yeah, so you know, that visit happens early this week, and he schedules an official visit to Florida State for at least uh, part of the weekend, from what we know, Friday and Saturday. Um, if you don't know. There's a dead period that goes up Sunday at midnight, so Monday at you know 12:01 a.m. Um, recruits can no longer be on campuses, and that that'll last for a while, for a few weeks, um, up until I believe it's um, January 13th. There's a four-day window for transfers to visit um, from the fourth through the eighth in January, um, so that'll be another time that we'll we'll see FSU probably bring some guys on campus. Um, but this is the last visit weekend for for a lot of transfers that are trying to make decisions. Um, a lot of them are, have deadlines over the, you know, getting to campus within the first uh, week of January. I know that's that's when FSU wants their transfers to be on campus. I believe January 4th is the date um, that Jaheim Bell is probably reporting to FSU's campus from from what his mom said. So, um, yeah, it's huge. It's huge to get him on campus. Um, this seems like it's it's shaping up to be a Notre Dame FSU battle which is pretty crazy to think because, you know, he's in Notre Dame's country over there uh, in the Midwest. 
and um, for FSU to go in there, make a pursuit, um, seemingly, you know, scheduled to get him on campus from from what Fisk is saying, um, it, 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 it could be big. I mean, you know, we'll see um, if they can battle out Notre Dame at the end, but getting him on campus is a huge step towards that. Braden Fisk, two points that, that he made to me when we spoke yesterday uh, on Monday evening uh, that are important to him. Number one, playing time, which makes a ton of sense, right? He's a graduate transfer. This is a limited window for him. He doesn't want to go somewhere. He doesn't want to jump up to the Power 5 level and become a guy who just plays 15 snaps a game. Like he wants to be a, a starter and maximize this short window, which is, makes a ton of sense. And then he is really going to focus on player development, program development. I mean, you're talking about coaching, you're talking about you're talking about nutrition, you're talking about strength and conditioning. Uh so that's something that I think FSU is going to be able to sell pretty well uh this this weekend, but you know Notre Dame will be able to have sold something I'm sure pretty similarly. Uh so that that's go, those are going to be two points that FSU is going to have to hammer home I think uh this Friday and Saturday. Uh we'll see if anyone else gets in the mix. Braden did say like his head's kind of spinning a little bit. He described it as as chaos. And this is a guy who had one offer out of high school in Michigan City, Indiana, and now is one of the most highly sought after prospects in the country. He had in home with USC sometime on Tuesday as we're recording this. I'm not sure exactly what time, but you know, on Tuesday is when it's expected. So USC's in the mix. Oklahoma, Rutgers are two other teams that he mentioned as well that are very serious in his recruitment. Uh, which stands out to me, Zach, because initially, yeah, the, the first thing that Fisk talked about, uh, I think to Alan True, was that geography was going to matter. You mentioned that he's in Notre Dame country. I think he's like 45 minutes away from, from Notre Dame's campus, uh, where his hometown is. So like that, that is home for him uh, in all intents and purposes. But the fact that FSU, USC, Oklahoma are all in the mix there would indicate that he is at least open to leaving home. So you have to see if you can get get through, you know, get past that. Um, see if you can help him realize this is a business decision, but he's absolutely a take for FSU. He's someone, regardless of what happens with Fabian Lovett and his future with FSU, which is still you know up in the air here as of as of Tuesday morning recording this. Uh, he's someone who's absolutely a take for FSU because he's a, a a starter or at least a starting caliber player who will use a ton. You can use in a variety of ways. So. Uh, Good job so far by Adam Fuller and Cove in getting Braden Fisk interested, getting him on campus, and then you see where it goes from here. Another name that is really high up on the priority list for FSU, someone who Adam Fuller and Mike Marvell have, have both seen recently. I think they both conducted in-home visits on Monday, if, if memory serves, and that is Virginia cornerback transfer Ventral Cypress II, goes by Deuce Cypress. He is the second-ranked prospect in the 24-7 sports transfer portal right now. So I think he should be the first-ranked, personally. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you could make that legitimately. Um, that, that case is a little bit more proven commodity. Uh, as a you know, all-ACC caliber guy, ranked extremely high pro football focus. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but regardless, I mean, he's, I think, at a 95 overall grade. And, um, and yeah, so FSU is in the mix for the number two prospect in the country, they already landed the number four in the portal. We're listen, 24 seven sports. We're still evaluating so many guys because so many have gone in the portal. It's just, it's just so backlogged and, and there's only so many hours in the day, but 
you're talking about blue chip recruits that FSU's in the mix for. So let's talk about Fentrell Cypress, that recruiting process, Zach. Uh, here's what I can share. FSU expects him in for an official visit this week. We are working to confirm what dates or day that would be. Uh, Steve Wolfong is trying to confirm with his camp as well because there are the potential for him to take official visits to several schools this week. Again, kind of like with Braden Fisk, you're talking about a guy trying to to navigate a ton of information and a ton of interest in a really short window. Uh, so that's what I got in Festro Cypress right now. Uh, hopefully he, the, the expectation of him official visiting as we report on Ols 24 seven comes to fruition and it's locked in and we can bring you that news later on after this podcast. Hopefully it doesn't all just fall apart because you know, things are moving a million, a million miles per minute right now. Yeah, um, you got to quickly edit this one, to get it out. I mean, yes, as soon as we get off of this podcast, I'm trying to get it up before it all changes. Absolutely. You're right. Anything to add on on the Cyprus recruitment? It's pretty big news. I'm probably not doing it justice right now. No, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you kind of seem a little like monotone, but it is it's <laughs> not, that's not your fault. You're just tired. You know, you're way up, up way past your bedtime last night making phone calls. So I'm not blaming you. Um I'm I'm feeling the same way. Uh no, it's a huge visit. I mean, is the number two, should be the number one prospect in the country. <laughs> um in the in the 24 7 sports portal rankings um it's huge fsu needs probably a few defensive backs through the portal um you know maybe one maybe two um but he was he's a guy that would absolutely sure up that room um and it, it would just be awesome to, to get him um and he's a guy that's being pursued by some of the top schools in the country ohio state ucla like you mentioned like there, there's a bunch there's a bunch of big time schools involved in that recruitment and for FSU to seemingly, you know, be able to get him on campus this week at some point um, would be absolutely massive. Um, and, and we're fully expecting that, just waiting on, you know, what days he's actually going to make it to campus. Well, that'll be huge. Uh, again, they've uh, uh, kind of similar with Fisk where FSU got in early and with Jaheim Bell. They got in early, they were aggressive early, and it seems to be paying dividends. That's but... like the story of every one of their transfer portal recruitments. They're always the team that gets in early, is able to make a quick, you know, great first impression, and then they do in-home visits and they get them on campus. It seems like yeah. a trend now. And then you gave yourself a coin flip chance. Yeah. Which in recruiting, like, how? You look at, like, it, this is not a common thing that other schools are doing. It's not. Like, there are other schools that have offered. Miami's offered multiple of the guys that FSU's going after in the portal, and they're not getting them on campus. Uh, that's just one school. I'm not trying to target them. Maybe I am. But we'll, we'll um, see. We'll see with Devonte Brown this week if they can get. Yeah, him but what I'm saying there. is like they're like FSU is not being reactionary in the portal. They're being aggressive. They're proactive. going to. They're yeah. They're being proactive. They're being aggressive. They're trying to make things happen. Um, they're clearly already doing so with with the additions of Daryl Jackson and Jaheim Bell. Um, so no, it, it's been really impressive and it's something to watch because um, usually when they're doing in homes, there's a really good chance that that guy is going to go make it to campus. I had someone in the industry, in the recruiting coverage industry, tell me yesterday that no one's covering the transfer portal like us at those twenty four seven, and I think they meant that positively. Uh, but but I think I think what they were trying to get at is like no one is reporting on interest in visits. Like they're reporting on offers generally, but like the amount of of manpower and hours and effort that we're putting towards confirming that news is unique. And I was like, I guess it is. I never really saw, like, we de we decided, Zach, uh, a month ago, this is how we wanted to cover this, was to go all in on transfer portal recruiting. That was important to us. And I guess I never considered why, other than just thinking that was going to be important. But 
as you're saying that I, I think the expectation was like we knew FSU was going to be aggressive there. And yeah. because Pat one is past history, right? Like they've they've averaged 10 guys per 10 transfers, I should say, excuse me, 10 transfers per class the last three years. And it's been such a successful formula for them. Like how figured that they were going to get into it again. So like, yes, let's go where the action is. It was kind of my mindset, but that's because Florida state has been so proactive in recent years. And I want to make sure we were ahead of the curve this year and not reacting ourselves coverage wise. Yeah. And I'm, I'm loving it. Um, although it's, it's made our lives a little bit more hectic and busy. Um, it's been awesome for the site and it's been awesome for the no 24 seven subscribers. They get this constant you know, flow of information all day for the past no week and change it's been awesome if i was a if i was a subscriber i'd just be you know i mean it's it's just so much information um and yes it's unprecedented you don't really see it being covered this way anywhere else in the country um so i think it's a lot of fun but definitely uh unique like you said i wonder if fsu is like come on guys like stop stop because (laughs) too much hey we're just gonna keep going because we got another transfer tidbit a little more scoop to throw your way one guy who we have confirmed through multiple sources he himself has been extremely difficult to reach so it's not a direct yeah. confirmation but I, as confident as i can be without talking to him and that's that keandre jones the auburn transfer a two and a half year starter basically uh from auburn from kind of central west georgia or almost southwest georgia is coming in for an official visit, believed to be this weekend, Zach. Uh, you have added some intel that we've kind of tag-teamed uh, this recruitment. So I guess fill the people in on, on who Keandre Jones is and what's happening with his recruitment right now. Yeah, so he he's a guy that's uh, played a ton of snaps at Auburn so far. Um, and FSU, as soon as he entered the portal last week, has been in contact um, cool thing is that he, ha- he knows a bunch of people on the team. I know one guy he knows specifically is Winston, Wright. You know, both grew up in, in similar areas in Georgia. Um, and, and that's, you know, they have a good connection and that's helped FSU having those connections on their roster. We've seen it with a guy like Jaheim Bell. Um, he, he was a high school teammate of Tate Brownmaker, um, knew multiple other guys just from the recruiting process. Um, I think his mom said he knew like six to seven guys on the roster. So, um, it, it's helped FSU, and I think it's going to help FSU in this recruitment. Um, two teams of note, Pittsburgh and UCF, um, are, are teams that I believe have gotten Jones on campus already. I think UCF is FSU's biggest threat here. Um, I'm told that they're trying to get Jones, um, after his official visit to FSU this weekend, back on campus, I believe on Sunday, before things go dead. Like I mentioned earlier, the dead period starts that, that at midnight that night. So they're trying to, to trend trying to make that happen. FSU is aware of that. Um, so we'll see if they can prevent that from happening. Um, but but I will note that UCF is definitely a player along with FSU in, in Keandre Jones's recruitment. Yeah, 1,500 career snaps for him. This past season was not a great season. It's probably his worst at the power five level, at least from a PFF metric standpoint, I think like 51 grade. But the year before he was in the 70s, the year before that in the mid 60s. So uh, overall body of work, would indicate that this is a guy who would be able to start and and do well at the ACC level. Uh, so someone who FSU is prioritizing. I don't know 100% exactly if he is a take. I believe he is. I've gotten some indication that FSU feels good about him, but I think getting him on campus this weekend and having him gel and it 
and get to know current offensive linemen and just the coaching staff, seeing him in person. Like, I think that's going to be big in kind of this vetting process here. It's a huge official visit weekend just in terms of numbers, a lot going on. And you're going to weigh, uh, see how someone interacts with everyone, right, and whether they're a fit. Casey Roddick is another example of, of a guy they want to get to know a little bit better and and see him in person. And, uh, yeah, he's a Colorado offensive line transfer. He official visited to NC State this past week, and we confirmed yesterday, I think Chris reported it, that Casey Roddick is going to official visit as well. So you'll have two offensive line transfers on campus, and, and Alex Atkins will have his work cut out for him and bouncing around and, and trying to deal with uh, multiple guys at once, but uh, I'm sure he can handle it. That's going to be a big weekend for for kind of fit, figuring out what the future of your offensive line room looks like. Uh, don't forget you have Jeremiah Byers, who official visited to Maryland after his FSU OV. He, he's on the radar. He's a take as well, man. So it's a lot going on with the the portal and on in the trenches with it. It'll be fun. Fun. Are you sure they offered Byers? Byers Sinone coming up. Actually, it is coming up. Let's play Byers Sinone, sponsored by a Turner Group. A Turner Group. Uh, Colin Turner, Amy Turner are a first-class team buying and selling homes in the Central Florida area. If you're in the state of Florida, uh, go ahead, reach out to them. If you're trying to buy or sell a home, you want to get to know about the process a little bit, uh, Colin can help you out. He's going to absolutely love to talk about FSU football. He's been texting me this morning about Marvin Jones and Destin Hill stuff. So he's here to to talk about the juice that I don't want to talk about with you guys. So if you want to talk about Destin Hill, Colin Turner is your guy. You can reach out to him at 407 403 8546. Email him at get Listen, if you're in Central Florida, Orlando area specifically, like if you're in the market or about to be in the market and don't know who you want to go through, Colin Turner's uh, lead buying agent with the Turner Group, and uh, he's under the umbrella of Keller Williams in Winter Park. He's your guy to go to, um, and he won't steer you wrong. He's been awesome for us. Really, really enjoyed this, this sponsorship and partnership so far. Uh, even if Zach hasn't Shared the koozies and beer openers that he sent our way. They're all mine. <laughs> By Orson no, no fan 006. The portal is a sustainable resource to resource to build a championship roster. We, we kind of touched on what FSU is doing aggressively with the portal, Zach, but, but can that help FSU get to get to where it wants to be, which is winning, contending for championships and winning a national championship ultimately? I think so. Um, I think there's a difference between contending and winning a natty. Um, I think they can get, I think maybe they get, they can get to like, you know, I guess it's changing in a year or two, but um, get to the playoffs. Um, I mean, they almost did this year with their current roster. Um, if, if it was a 12 team playoff. Um, so maybe, yeah, I think with the portal, you can get pretty close. Um, but I think you need to stack up some high school talent, um, some top 10 high school classes, which FSU has failed to do over the past couple of years um, and probably is not going to do this year. But you can get pretty damn close. Um, I think um, there's just a lot of talent in the portal every cycle, and FSU seems to find the right pieces to add to their roster every year. Um, and, and I think they're doing that again this year. So they definitely have the resources to do so, in my, in my opinion. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you can do this and win a natty, but you can do this and get pretty darn close, in my opinion. FSU is going to be like a poster child for people trying to follow this experiment because few have been as aggressive yeah. and efficient in the portal as FSU, and we've seen it help 
quickly flip FSU's roster. Now FSU's ahead of schedule. And it's largely because they've hit on so many of their, their transfer portals. But Mike Norvell said the other day uh, that this is no longer a rebuild. And I feel good. We've been sitting on the podcast for, for a few months now, you know, you know, but, um, but if the head coach is saying it, then it carries a, a tad more weight. And it's no longer a rebuild because of, of how they've developed, how they've won games and, and how they've recruited in the portal. I kind of look at it, Zach, as like an NFL roster building. Your culture, your foundation is built through the draft. Like you have to hit on those guys and have those those core pieces uh, that that represent value and that you're able to develop and establish. Like this is our identity. This is how we're going to do things. These are guys who are going to be here for years that are establishing a presence. Uh, but then you then you have to use the transfer portal as, or you can use it as supplementary need filling uh, yeah. you're able to and in some ways like and enha- like enhancing the roster of of like totally overhauling a position group like wide receiver last year offensive line like if you're putting to year you don't have those those holes filled yet kid show uh then you go ahead and you throw numbers at a problem or you go all in on a big time prospect like a jared verse uh like a jermaine johnson the year before um and so that's supplementary, right? And and that's how you can kind of blend it together. You have to have an established culture, and that's done through guys who you've had years working with, and then they embrace and and let the newcomers of the transfer portal, those one-and-done type of guys or two-and-done types, come in and figure it out. And if it works all together like it has at FSU this past year, it could be, it could be successful, and I think it can – I'm going to buy the question as I'm rambling here. I think that it can be a championship winning formula if done correctly. It's a balancing act, but FSU has shown to date that it is up for the balancing act. Mm-hmm. By Orson Known, this is from Chris 3333333. Kenny Dillingham and Prime are gathering atrocious staffs. Uh, I'm going to Sinone this prompt. If you think I have enough time in my life right now, or Zach, or anyone who would be partaking in this game to go over what other coaching staffs are being assembled at other schools thousands of miles away, man, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, is, Kenny just, is Kenny putting together a bad staff? I don't I think, know what his staff I, looks like. So I'll give a little background. I I mean, I've just basically seen, like, um, just Twitter posts about this. I haven't really, like, dove, uh, dove into you know, who these guys are. But from what I understand, the general theme of uh, Dilly's staff is just a bunch of guys um, from this that have ties to the state of Arizona. Um, so either that's really successful high school coaches or guys um, in the Pac-12 that are, that are previously from the state um, that have ties here. And that's a big focus for Dilly. And, you know, maybe that works for him. So I don't know. I don't know a lot of background on a lot of those guys that he's hired. And then with Dion, um, obviously we know Charles Kelly, I think is expected to be the DC there. FSU fans are familiar with him. A um, few other guys on the staff that I'm familiar with. Uh, I think he's hiring a lot of um, HBCU coaches uh, to be, you know, position guys um, for him. David Kelly, obviously formerly at FSU, is an off-field guy. Um, Tim Brewster is another guy that that's over there um, that FSU is familiar with. So a few familiar names, but honestly, I haven't really, like Brennan said, took a lot of time to or had a lot of time to go over there and, and check out who who Dion's hiring. Um, but I, yeah, I'm not going to give a buyer to them because I don't, I don't know like anything on a lot of those guys. Like, like Mike Norvell says, it's about us. 
T-Cheadle 16, Byersonone. FSU makes a flip on signing day. Zach, Byersonone, flip season. Buy? Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to buy as well. Agent Coke, Byersonone. FSU now has the NIL in place, Rising Spear and the Battle's End. Two consistently in top 10 high school recruiting classes moving forward. Oh, this is a good prompt. Uh, I, I'm going to go with a buy here. I, I think that in addition to this past season and the proof of concept you now have, I think that combination of Mike Norvell showing that this can be a winning program combined with uh, especially what the battle's end is, is doing, I believe uh, is going to be um, fruitful for you as a, as a program in attracting players showing, Hey, we could retain you with NIL opportunities down the road. Like look at what's happened so far as we've recorded this podcast with like a Jordan Travis, Trey Benson, who knows who else is, it's coming down the pipe there. Um, yeah, I, I think that combination is going to make FSU an extremely competitive team and probably a level up to get from that top 15 range to pushing the top 10 again, which is where you need to be to compete for national championships. Yeah, I'm, I'm buying it. I think you have that in place to that combination to, to be successful. What about you, Zach? Sorry, it was muted. Um, nice. No, I think, uh, no, I think everything's in place for FSU to, to compete for top 10 classes moving forward. I think, you know, with the introduction of Battle's End, that only helps, honestly. Um, you know, I, I don't know if my answer would be the same a month ago, but I think that uh, with Battle's End, um, FSU's in a good spot um, to, to accomplish, you know, that goal at, at the very least. Um, they'll, they'll be in it for a lot of, of good, uh, you know, high school guys. And I think, you know, without the proof of concept, I would have known this, but... I'm buying it for sure um, after this past season and, and what FSU is doing in the portal right now um, to set themselves up for another great year in, in 2023. Just as a, as a side note, like when, when we talked about the battle's end, what was it a week, two weeks ago? I can't even remember. Uh, and it was announced. I think we expressed like, if you're, if you're skeptical of, of a new entity, like totally understandable with so many collectives popping up and, and some collectives dying and collectives being absorbed. Like there's just so much going on across the country. And this is going to be like, this is going to be a movie in a few years, like just the NIL era and the beginning of it. And, and so I understand a level of, of healthy skepticism for anything new that's involving money. Uh, but what the people at battles End did was say, like, just watch us work and let us earn your trust. Just give us a chance to, to trust us. And what they've done so far is added this air of like legitimacy to, to them early on here. Uh, and that's been cool to see. That's been, I, I think beneficial for FSU. It's great to have multiple collectives that are high functioning in the mix. And we'll just see how this continues to develop, but like the early returns on it from a public relations standpoint and, and what appears to be a very like legitimate uh, uh, substantive results standpoint, like it, it's been noteworthy to me. Uh, Indiana Knoll 229 buyers to known last one here. If Keldrick Falk decommits, it will solely be because of the Falk in the Road episode. Uh, bye. <laughs> um, I mean, realistically, Sinone, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, nah, I mean, you, what, you're going to say it's a jinx? No, I just think you listen to the podcast and said, I want those guys covering me for the next three to five years. No. But you're proud of that podcast. What happened? I'm proud of it, but I understand it's not for everyone. So you don't think Falk liked it? I don't know. 
I could see oh, him not liking it. If he if he signs here and uh, enrolls here, then we will we'll play the podcast for him. We'll get on we'll get on the podcast, play the podcast for him, and get his live reaction. I was going to say the other side of this is this is a very self-indulgent navel gazing episode, by the way, if he does end up signing with FSU and honoring his commitment, then it was probably a fault in the road that, that pushed him over. True. Right. Like that, like Auburn's coming and God knows what, what they're offering and, and what's being dropped and, and where, and he's going to go back to that quirky little podcast hear about dane pooping at a chick-fil-a somewhere in south alabama be like you know what that's home that's where i want to be hey we'll be right back after this commercial break uh thanks to colin turner of the turner group for sponsoring this segment of by orson known got a lot of recruiting scoop to get to on the way back introducing the two-way v4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell each step feels explosive delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience maximum comfort throughout the game its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to On the Bench Recruit Scoop. Scoop, 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 scoop. Here we go. Zachary, you unleashed some Blossom's bullets. Fire them off. Uh, let's get into it. Who do you want to start? Maybe Conrad Hussey? I think that, I think that's the most intriguing name to me. Let's start with Conrad Hussey, the four-star safety from St. Thomas Aquinas, Penn State commit currently. Yeah. Um. So when I... When there was a bias known about whether FSU would flip someone on signing day, this is who I was thinking of first. Um, I did a ton of digging yesterday on his recruitment and kind of where Florida State stood after hosting him for an official visit over the weekend. He's a Penn State four-star defensive back commit at St. Thomas Aquinas High School. Um, you know, by all accounts, absolutely love the visit to FSU. Um, he, a visit he's glad he took. Um, you know, a funny note that I picked up on, um, you know, from sources. Know, close to Hussey was that when he was at FSU and at one of FSU's practices outside, um, he was observed as be- feeling a little bit uh, cold. Um, it was Tallahassee was, I checked the weather in the past three days. It never dipped below 60 degrees. Um, he's committed to Penn State. I checked the weather at, at State College, uh, the city where, where Penn State's located, and it is 23 degrees as we are speaking. Um, so yeah, um, if if weather has anything to do with it, that's obviously working in FSU's favor. Um, you know, I think FSU might be tough to beat here down the stretch. Um, for what I was told, 
Uh, Mike Norvell and, and Marcus Woodson spent a lot of time at St. Thomas Aquinas on, on uh, I believe, I, dude, the days are mixing together. Monday. Um, Monday. Be, I mean, this is Tuesday. Yeah. There's only been one day. but I, I swear I, yesterday was Tuesday. I was I did operating, too. I I think was operating under the impression that yesterday was Tuesday. So Well, we did work yeah. all day Sunday. On Monday, Mike Norvell, Marcus Woodson were at St. Thomas Aquinas for multiple hours, spending time with Hussey um, and, and some of his family. And then later that night, they, they went out to dinner with Hussey and his mother um, and kind of just, you know, hung out and, and, and chopped it up for a bit. That was all positive. Um, chopped it up? Is that a hint? Just meant talking, but maybe. Um, who mm-hmm. knows? Um, with uh, There's another school that, that's been rumored to be involved in this recruitment, and that's Miami. Um, there was a report out yesterday that I was sent that basically – stated that uh, Hussey would be on Miami's campus this upcoming weekend. Um, I asked about that yesterday, and mm-hmm. according to the people I speak with, they continue to believe that Miami is not going to be a factor in Hussey's recruitment, um, and I think that's pretty significant. Wow. Um, you know, we'll monitor it. That's you know, crazier things have happened. Like, you know, he could still show up on Miami's campus even even after what I'm hearing, um, but, I, but I trust my source on this, and, and um, I think... Uh, I think, you know, FSU is, is probably the, the biggest competition to Penn State right now. Um, and, and if we're signing day were today, I'd be pretty confident that that he'd end up in FSU's class. Obviously, still about a week um, to go, uh, a little bit more than a week with Wednesday being uh, when guys are signing next week. Um, and I think he's not going to announce anything um, beforehand. I think he'll just sign with a school on on next week or, or next week on Wednesday. Uh, I think the big thing is – it's going to sound obvious, but like, got to see if he goes anywhere this weekend, right? Yeah. Like that's the, and if he doesn't go anywhere, like I would say it's FSU. I would take FSU over the field at that point. Um, yeah, I agree. But yeah, we'll see if he shows up anywhere randomly, like Michigan or somewhere else that might just come out of nowhere for him. It just, yeah, it wouldn't make sense for him to do another school from up there. I think if anything, it would be like a school down South, but we'll see. Like an SEC school, like a South Carolina or someone like that. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Auburn. Yeah. I don't know. Um. All right. Well, let's let's go to another South Florida prospect, Ruben Bain, a blue chip recruit from Miami. Plays at Miami Central. Uh, FSU hosts him for an official visit this past weekend. I believe he has one set up for Miami this upcoming one. Byer Sinone, Zach. Uh, FSU did enough to turn the tide this weekend to secure a f- commitment from Ruben Bain. No. So no. Yeah. Um, I think FSU made its final push. It was a good push. Um, I think they, you know, there's certain, uh, how do I say this? People in, in Bain's camp that may be favoring FSU, but I don't think it's going to be enough to you know, sway Bain away from the hometown school in Miami. I mean, his brother is a graduate assistant, Reggie Bain, on Miami's staff. Um, that's playing a huge, you know, factor in, in his recruitment there. I think that's um, that's the factor, Zach, and that's something we probably haven't talked about a, a ton yeah. on this podcast. It hasn't been published in other places like that. That might be the deciding factor ultimately that might hold the most weight of any in that piece of pie for his recruitment. Yeah, so that that was the strategic play, obviously by Miami. They they hired him uh, when Chris Wall first got there, and obviously Bain was a, an initial huge target for them um, early on. And I think it, it's going to pay dividends uh, here. Um, he might even announce today or tomorrow from when I was hearing. Um, I, I think Gabby Ur- Urudia posted on the Miami 247 site that he 
that Bain, if he wins the Nat Moore trophy, which I believe is either being announced on Tuesday or Wednesday, that he could announce a decision uh, alongside that. Um, if not, he'll announce it, I believe, on Friday. So, um, yeah, right now, I think it's it's Miami unless something drastic happens, which I don't expect. But, you know, FSU shot their shot. Um, and, you know, I think they'll come up a little bit short. You know, maybe, yeah, F, you know, the transfer portal always matters. Let's just say that. Um, yeah. Being, yeah, you maybe set yourself second, up for something yeah. down the road. Yeah. Being second in a recruitment no longer is is no longer irrelevant. Um, and we've seen that, that work for FSU in the past. So yeah, I sort think, of. uh, kind of, um, kind of. but almost work. That should have worked. Um, Mim's, Mim's the word. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think that's kind of the play, but honestly, honestly, good job by Miami there. Um, keeping it a, a really talented prospect home. Um, I guess we can move on to the next guy. Do we want to talk about the Brown brothers, Kyle Morlock? And I honestly, Zach, this is not to be rude. I know we talked about your, your Blossom's bullets. I haven't actually read it yet. So I don't know if I'm missing anyone else as we kind of go over some. Of yeah. This. I mean, the only other guy is Edwin Joseph. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about Morlock real quick. I'll just throw out. I think that FSU is in a good spot for him after the official visit, kind of a quiet, soft-spoken kid. I'm told, um, which makes sense. He's, he's from, rural area of of north georgia played at a division two school i think one big thing that people were wondering tennessee where he's going to officially visit this weekend uh right zach tennessee this weekend yeah good i'm glad you're paying attention that's sorry i'm i'm responding to a uh stuff from a really important uh source dane draper um (laughs) no yeah morlock that's the expectation that's what the tennessee side expects for him for where he's going to be this weekend Okay, so Tennessee got a tight end commit from from California early, or a transfer commit, I should say, uh, earlier in the week. And then FSU obviously adds Jaheim Bell. People have wondered like how that's going to impact the recruitment. I think like early on, my inclination was that uh, he liked that he could be the only tight end in the class. But I think it's like things have amped up a little bit. I think the idea of having like multiple transfer tight ends and having some help and, and not having to be uh, the alpha dog in the room right away as you make the transition from division two to, to power five level, like it's actually kind of appealing. So having him uh, on campus this past week with Jaheim Bell, uh, with Nick O'Leary hanging around, like uh, I think that was a good touch for FSU. I think having Bell in the fold is, is ultimately helpful for Morlock. Uh, we've long assumed it's an FSU Tennessee battle. I still believe that's the case. We'll see if Auburn or Illinois can make a legitimate push there if he wants to draw out the process, but I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a couple of visits, decides to change the the timeline, the window. Um, we will see. He's a different cat than what you're used to in your typical recruit, largely because he just has such a different background. The recruiting process is, is very different for him than it's been for, for other people, uh, other blue chip recruits um, in the past. So uh, Brown brothers, you want to talk about uh, Damari and Devante real quick, Zach? Yeah. So Devante, um, out of the two brothers, Devontae Brown, the UCF defensive back transfer, I feel better about FSU's chances with him. Um, I think FSU did a great job on the visit, selling him, coming in as a as a one-year guy and, and being a contributor for them in their defensive backfield. Um, with Damari, I think it's a little bit more complicated. I think Alabama is probably still at the top for him with Miami and FSU maybe bowing it out for the second spot as, as you know things stand right now. Um, from what I'm hearing, I think... Devonte and Damari could be um, 
both targeted by Miami. The, the, the noteworthy thing is that Devontae could be a guy that Miami wants, um, which would be news, obviously, because, you know, at the time of, of when FSU got him on the official, uh, FSU was really the only school truly involved with him. Um, but I'm hearing there's a chance that that both of them could be on Miami's campus this upcoming weekend and that Miami might go in home with him sometime uh, this week as well. So um, definitely, you know, it'd be interesting to watch. Um, Zach, because... is Miami allowed to land anyone without having a relative somehow connected to it? Is that is that the only way this is happening? Down the I mean, I don't know. Uh, Crystal Ball's a good recruiter, so I'm not going to like you know dismiss him. Obviously, they did not have a good you know team on the field this year, but he, the one thing he you could say he's really good at is recruiting. Obviously, they have some help with NIL and John Ruiz um, to help them out in that uh, department. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. John Ruiz making some waves uh, going after FSU uh, NIL. We're not FSU yeah. technically, just just NIL. Uh, that will protest too much. You can you can pretty much say what you want when you're a billionaire. Um, so that's you know, true. We'll see. We'll see. But I think that uh, I think that's the one thing to watch. If Devonte goes on campus with Damari to Miami this weekend, and Miami wants him, you know, maybe that's a that, that's a situation worth monitoring for FSU for sure. Um, I know that you know, obviously Devonte is from South Florida. Um, played high school at American Heritage, like Damari is right now. Um, so definitely a thing to watch, um, but you know we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll continue to monitor if he sets up that visit for the weekend. If not, then you have to like FSU's chances to close on at least Demar or Devonte. Sorry, I'm getting them confused. Um, and you know they'll continue to push for Damari for sure. Hey man, not to get too ahead of ourselves here because there's a lot to still happen. But yeah, you're looking like you have at least a 50% chance at worst with Devonte Brown. You might have a 50% chance roughly there with Deuce Cypress, like the cornerback room has this potential to look very different, very, very different uh, next, next season. Um, speaking of the cornerback room, got one more cornerback to talk about someone who, when we did the exit interview on Sunday, like I felt pretty confident that, that was going to be a Florida state commitment at some point or another. Yeah. Edwin Joseph. I uh, forgot his name. I forgot his name. <laughs> I, 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 you were waiting for me to say I the name. I helped you out. I helped you out. I, you did. One um, Edwin Joseph. Um, yeah, I think the visit went really well. I'm really confident in FSU's chances. The one school to watch, I accidentally said North Carolina on the, the pod because I think, uh, you know, whatever. Um, there's so many Carolinas. Carolina. Yeah, there's it's so South Carolina. Carolinas. That, that's the, the factor for him, uh, down the stretch along with FSU. Um, he visited there for their, um, uh, he was on an official visit there for the, for the Tennessee game where they absolutely destroyed Tennessee. So that was a, probably a really memorable experience for him. Uh, um, that that crowd looked amazing for that. I was yeah. rewatched that for the the GM Bell's guy, and like that looked like fun, man. Yeah, yeah that was a crazy like... game. Um, and I remember him posting stuff from that. Um, no, nah, but I still I still think FSU sits in a really good spot. Um, obviously a little bit of you know more than a week to go till signing day. Um, but right now I think if he were to make a decision, it would be FSU. Um, but something that they, you know, continue to have to battle for. Obviously, he's a really talented prospect, a, a late riser down in South Florida, a guy that they they project to be a, a really good player for them um, at the cornerback spot. So, you know, we'll see how that one unfolds. But I'm I'm feeling confident about FSU's chances as things stand on Tuesday. Nice. So this was supposed to be a 20 minute episode. It's been about 45 minutes. We'll see what it looks like with editing. But you know what? We got through a ton of information, and it's still a relatively short period of time. Um, do we want to talk about 
you here should not be named or <sighs> do we have to oh we do not all right for zach blossing i'm brendan sinem this has been on the bench thank you for listening thank you to colin turner of the turner group for sponsoring buyer sinem please if you're looking for help uh in the tra- transfer market <laughs> sorry <laughs> the housing market uh let colin know he'll be your man uh we will be back on the bench i think thursday morning is probably the, the tentative planner and i'll definitely want to do an episode before uh, the official visits ramp up starting on friday and, and who knows if there's anything else big well we will try to jump in uh thank you to everyone for listening thank you to all our Knowles 24 7 subscribers uh you guys have been amazing in supporting us uh, especially recently i mean always but like this last few weeks has been incredible uh, make sure you're checking our YouTube content, both the X's and Knowles and those 24-7's YouTube page. Yeah, that's everything I got, Zach. Anything else? We good? We all good. All right. Dustin Hill. Bye. Bye. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.